0: We should be just looking at our Bibles today a lot, um, and so we're. This is part three of uh, a world turned upside down. The series, and so today we're going to be talking about holiness. Uh, holiness is definitely a way that we can turn the world upside down. The Israelites, well, not really the Israelites, with God's help, a lot, a lot of God's help, the Israelites turned the world upside down. Amen. Uh, and it was because of their holiness. Um, so with holiness, I, I usually get it confused with righteousness, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to go through like the difference first before I start talking. So Philippians three, verse nine. Let me. This will be the test. So the thing works.
1: There we go. Okay. There we go.
0: All right. So last Sunday I was in pretense, but we might have went over. This scripture? Not this scripture, that's not a scripture. Well, all right, so we're we're commanded. Jesus said, if your righteousness doesn't surpass that of the Pharisees, then you won't enter the kingdom of God, Amen. right? And so that's kind of scary, but there's really good news. It's actually the good news, right? Is that our righteousness isn't based on the same thing that the Pharisees' righteousness was based on, right? So Philippians three, verse nine says, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Amen. And so now it is possible to surpass the Pharisees in righteousness. Amen. Um, and it's not going to be based on the law. However, now that we do have this righteousness through faith in Christ, we strive to be holy. And so here is one of my favorite scriptures on holiness. Uh, it's 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have these promises dear friends let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit perfecting holiness out of reverence for God and so holiness is kind of like purifying yourself from the world it's making yourself look more like Christ and let and look less like the world Amen. Um, another kind of uh, synonym for holy could be set apart when you see in the Bible be set apart be holy don't be like the world so now that we're trying to be holy. This is, this is what the sermon's going to be on. And now we can go actually back to Matthew chapter 5. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. I mentioned that so many times. But, so holiness, right? So we're striving to be holy. And Jesus is going to help us with our holiness here. But uh, one of the... Have you all ever peeled the egg? I feel like I'm all over the place. But uh, <laughs> this is how I see holiness in my life. Um, it is like, kind of like I'm trying to peel this sin off of me yeah. and and it's kind of aggravating is, is it aggravating for y'all or <laughs> it's really aggravating the feeling an egg and so you I, I don't know you're supposed to soak it in cold water afterwards and that helps <laughs> yep, <it does>. maybe <laughs> and then you, you roll it on the counter a little bit and you get it all crunchy on the outside and you start picking and start picking and start picking <laughs> and it usually doesn't work and sometimes I'll, I'll have to like run it under the faucet you know and and you're picking and then there's that skin underneath and yep. I'll try to like pinch it but sometimes I'll pinch it and I'll get a big chunk out of my egg and then my egg is it's like permanently messed up and, um, and so that, that's how holiness feels and I have this is funny that's uh, that's your hands when you start peeling an egg, and then that's your hands when you finish. It, <laughs> uh, it just seems like forever, and I mean that's the that's the journey of holiness. Is like it's gonna take it's gonna take forever. Right? Uh, if we're trying to live more like Jesus every single day, it's going to take forever. But he gives us these teachings. Uh, so I have more pictures of eggs. All right. So he says, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law you will certainly not into the kingdom of heaven. And so what happens when we are striving to be holy, but we can't seem to get it? And we look around and we see all these people, like Pharisees, just doing a great, a great great job. Like we go to church and we see, you know, like Jamal in the front row. Oh, he's not even in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, we see like Tom and Ed, and we're like, man, their marriage is so good. Or, we see J.D. and Claudette, like, man, they have it all together, and look at me. Like, I'm still peeling my stupid egg. I can't, I can't, I can't get this stuff down. Like, I, I, my quiet times are bad, and I, I cussed yesterday, or I watched something I wasn't supposed to do the other day, and look at all these Christians. Like, how am I going to fit in? You know? And so we overcompensate. And so if we go to Matthew chapter 6, Come on, verse 1, oh, verse 1. There we go. Okay. We go to Matthew chapter 6 verse 1. It says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. And so, when we we are not having a successful time in our journey of holiness, we tend to overcompensate um, and act holy. I think (laughs) a great example on... um, acting holy versus being holy because being holy is the goal Um, I find when I do Kids Kingdom I'm really really tested in how holy I actually am (laughs) when we're out here with adults we can act holy I'm I'm like yeah you know yeah great sermon and yeah I'm just uh, Bible talk is great and you kind of act like it's easier to act apart but when you're with kids you can't act (laughs) holy you really have to be holy with the kids. Uh Because they're they're gonna look at you and be like, why why do I need to care about this scripture? You know, or why do I need to I'm bored. I'm hungry. Like, I don't wanna read this. This can we go outside? And you have to be holy. You have to be patient. You have to be (laughs) loving. Um, I'm not talking about y'all's kids, I'm talking about the other kids yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, but yeah we need to be being holy not just acting holy. Amen. And so my first question for you is in what ways have you been acting holy uh, he's gonna give us a lot of examples but uh yeah I'm just gonna keep going oh these are these are some funny ways that we act holy we get t-shirts I just thought these were stupid. Uh, You all basically own one of these T-shirts, but like you shouldn't have to wear a (laughs) T-shirt. I put the stud in Bible study. It's just—it's really cringy, you know. I took a DNA test and God is my father. (laughs) They're just silly, like. And then you know I was thinking about this that we act holy, you know we. We say, oh man, we go out in public and we have to say grace, but we don't say grace when, we're, when it's three in the morning and we're getting a slice of cheese out of the fridge, right? We don't, we don't say grace over the bag of chips, but we say grace when we're out at, you know, Rosie's or something. We got we to make sure that we're being holy and not just acting holy so that people can see us. And so if we go on, I think the scripture is going to be up here, maybe. Yeah, okay. So let's go on. In verse two of Matthew chapter six, he he's gonna go into three ways that we should have unseen holiness. And the first one is with our giving. He says, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So when we're giving, it's not about looking like a generous person. It's about being a generous person. Amen. Amen. Right? And if we're doing these acts of righteousness, it's not to please people. It's to please God. Amen. As, as important as it may seem that like, people think that you're holy, like if JD thinks you're holy or if your family thinks you're holy, they're not going to be judging you on the last day. God is going to be judging you on Amen. the last day. So it's really, really important that God thinks we're holy. And so what Jesus is saying is, he's saying don't be that person who has to, you know, tell everybody every time they do something good. Don't, don't have to tell everybody every every time you do anything, you know, we got to keep some of it for ourselves. Um, that doesn't mean like, don't give if people are watching, but it means like, you're only giving when people are watching it might be a problem Uh, I think (laughs) one funny thing is uh, I was single two months ago and so (laughs) (laughs) uh, a cool thing about when you're single and it says it in the Bible you can devote yourself fully to the Lord yeah and so uh, like when I was living with Micah if Micah wanted to give his whole savings account to the poor or something I would not know like he could have done that completely in secret or Zach that could have been I don't know having a, a prayer ministry in Big Spring for the last three years and I would have never known and th- I think that's a really cool thing about being single is you can capitalize on these on these unseen uh, acts of righteousness Amen. you know you don't have anyone that you're really accountable with or what well, you are accountable with mm-hmm. but you know what I mean yes yeah. 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 all right so uh, and so I think another thing I I have I've probably said this quote to Ariel thirty times in the last week. But if <laughs> a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to see it, did it really fall? And I struggle because I always want I have this deep need to like I want to be seen. I want people to know like what I did. I worked so hard on something, and so I can kind of struggle and. Something that we need to remember is God's not trying to take our shine when He says do this unseen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's actually trying to help us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when we get the most fruit out of our giving when we do it in secret. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just there's so many times when I've got I've done stuff in secret, and like God was, it'll be like God spoke through the homeless person or. The the person will turn around and like pray for me. I'm like, wait, why are you praying for me? Or or they'll tell me something about myself that I I was like, how did you know that? Um, it's so cool. Um, God is trying to help us yeah. when he says when he says do things unseen. Uh, another thing about giving is it helps you detach yourself from your money. It helps mm-hmm. you to detach yourself from your possessions, and it helps you to relate to people in humble circumstances so that you yourself can be more humble. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go to verse five. He's going to talk about prayer. He says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrite. We're in Matthew chapter 6. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing on the synagogues, in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. I think this is very interesting. If we look at the private life of Jesus versus the public life of Jesus, it's uh, it's kind of funny. Because Jesus, in public, people were calling Him a blasphemer. People were calling Him uh, Beelzebub. They were calling Him a glutton. They were calling Him a drunkard. And he had this bad reputation in public mm-hmm. next to the Pharisees, mm-hmm. right? But they weren't there when he was praying on mountains. They weren't there when he was fasting. They weren't there when he was crying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was, he was okay that they weren't there yeah. when he was yes. in private, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> he was okay. Like when he came down from the mountain after the transfiguration, he didn't have to brag and say, man, I just talked to Moses. What are you guys doing? Like. Mm-hmm. come on, come on. I, do you guys see how holy I am? Yeah. I was just on the, is my face still shining? You know, he didn't have to rub it in, he didn't have to brag we never see him bragging about his right. righteous right. works. it's other people talking about his righteous works. Yeah. and he didn't have to brag because he knew who he was behind closed doors, yeah. and he was confident in that yeah. uh, we remember when, when Nicodemus did go to him privately at nighttime. how did he catch him? He, he he got one of the greatest teachings of the whole entire Bible when he came up to Jesus by surprise at nighttime. And so, hey, if someone were to come up to you by surprise at nighttime, would they catch you? <laughs> would they get the greatest sermon that you ever told? <laughs> would they catch you at your, holy, your most holy, at your most righteous if they caught you at nighttime? <laughs> wow.
1: mm-hmm.
0: Who are you when no one is looking? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, We're supposed to be praying when no one is looking. We're supposed to be fasting when no one is looking. We're supposed to be giving when no one is looking. Uh, Is that how we're getting caught when no one is looking? Mm. This is a way that we peel off the egg. is to change our unseen lives into prayer, into fasting, into giving. Amen. Uh, So let's go into fasting. Verse 16. We're going to skip ahead. So it says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you. Okay, um, truly, I tell you. Imagine the Pharisees making funny faces. All right, I was, I I felt I was called to be a kids came in teacher. will <laughs> make your funny face. Right. Uh, okay, okay, okay. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites. <laughs> okay. For they disfigure their faces to show other, others that they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Yeah. So we, another way that we are rewarded for our unseen holiness is in fasting. Um, and so we're supposed to, he's telling us don't, you don't have to let everyone know that you're fasting. I think even it even goes past fasting. Like even when we're doing diets or if we're doing like a health kick, we feel like we gotta tell everybody. And then, yeah. Oh, I'm doing vegetarian, I'm doing keto, I'm doing uh, intermittent fasting or or we do the thing where it's like, oh I'm sorry, I'm not eating today. So and it's kind of like implied, right? Or oh I have such a headache because Hey, hey, hey Oh right. Right apply it. And so we get, we get fasting all the way wrong. And I think the reason why we want to do that is because we get satisfaction from getting recognized for fasting because it makes you seem like, oh, this person's really disciplined. But he says, like, you get your reward in full. Do you ever notice that when you tell people, oh, yeah, I'm on a diet, then you kind of like, okay, well, I guess. Like you get, the temptation to eat gets higher. Once you come, and your motivation drops. And it's because you got your reward. Your reward was telling people, oh yeah, I'm on attack. Oh yeah, I'm fasting, right? And so he says the same thing. You, you got your whole reward if you tell people. But the rewards of fasting is so much more than people thinking you are holy. The rewards of fasting are that you become more holy, right? You get to spend time with God without the crutch of eating pizza, or like when we get uncomfortable, I know I eat when I get uncomfortable, or I'll snack when I'm bored, or and it takes that all away. So now you have to sit in your boredom. You have to sit in your uncomfortability. And when people say, yeah, fasting gives you spiritual clarity, that's probably why we get grumpy when we fast, because, oh dang it, there's my sin. Oh man, it's crystal clear right now. I can't just go to parties and you know, scroll on my phone I'm fasting, let me go pray another way that fasting creates holiness this is really crazy the first sin in the whole Bible was eating isn't that crazy the first sin in the whole Bible was eating And so what does that say about our sinful nature it's, that it's probably all connected and when we're not eating it's a way to fight our sinful nature
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> so, why, why are you fasting? If you fast or when you fast. It should be when we fast. Uh, why do you fast? Is it for holiness? Is it to look holy? Is it for a quick answer from God? For answered prayer? Is it to draw near to God? Why are you fasting? We need to ask ourselves this. Because at the end of the day, fasting is a deadly weapon that we can be using in our holiness journey, in our journey to be more set apart from the world. We don't want to leave that deadly weapon at the door. So, wow, I'm not adding the slides. There we go. Maybe not. All right, so let's move on. on. So those were the three unseen holiness practices that we can be doing, unseen, when no one's watching, when no one's around us. And now he gets into kind of practical holiness, things that we can be doing just on a regular basis. But he starts with the mindset, and he starts with talking about where our treasure is. Uh, so Ma- Matthew chapter six, verse 20, or verse, let's start at 19. says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also wow. if we want to be holy we need to have the right mindset wow. uh, and we the right mindset means putting the treasure in the right place uh, last night I, I say this for I, I'm a wrestler I, once you're a wrestler you're always a wrestler I wrestled in high school and I'm still obsessed with it and so last night was the national championships I was probably the only one watching but, <laughs> last night was the national championships and so it was like 14 weight classes from 125 pounds up to heavyweight 285 pounds and every single person who stepped on that mat they had just wrestled the whole tournament they'd beaten all these people everyone who got on that mat they had to have the right mindset they weren't walking on the mat thinking oh man i think i could I could go for some hot cheetos right now they weren't thinking about that they were thinking i'm going to win i'm going to win this is like and they were probably i've heard stories of wrestlers who every day when they wake up they write down national champion national champion national champion five times before they get out of bed this is something that they are obsessed with. And so in the same way, we need to have our mindset right. We need to have our mindset on the championship, which is looking like Christ, which is meeting Christ one day. Amen. Amen. Right? And so our treasures should be in heaven. Yeah. Come on, man. And I believe that there's a reason why he starts with talking about how to like make sure you store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He says that right after the unseen holiness part. And that's because that unseen, those unseen acts of holiness is how you store up treasures in heaven. Amen. That's just my, that's my interpretation of it, right? And those things also create holiness, but they only create holiness inside of us if we do it the right way. If Amen. we do it to look holy, we're not gonna get holier. If we do them to be holy, then we are gonna get holy. Amen. So let's go on to verse 28 probably familiar so he goes from talking about where your treasure is to kind of where your priorities should be and it's just a natural progression uh so verse 28 i'm gonna skip right here it says and why do you worry about clothes see how the flowers of the field grow they do not labor or spend yet i tell you that not even solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. We cannot read that scripture enough in today's society. Uh, he says, he talks about worry right after he talks about treasure, because wherever your treasure is, is what you're going to worry about. Right? If you treasure your car, and then you drive through a bunch of gravel, oh, you're worried, right? If you treasure your kids, and do you see them running towards the street, oh, you're worried, right? And so he's saying, worry about the right things. Like, Amen. Right. We need to be worried about the kingdom and righteousness, and that'll help us with our holiness. But if we're worried about things like what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, how I'm going to look, what is my bank account, uh, does that person like me, uh, what am I going to do for work, what am I going to eat, like, we're not going to get any more holy if we're worried about. Those things. So we need to reorder our stuff. <laughs> reorder our stuff. Uh, Reorder our priorities. Come on, let's go to the next one. This is talking about judgment. Chapter seven, verse one. I have a slide for this. I don't. So Matthew chapter seven, verse one. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. basically the way you judge you're going to get judged Amen. and so the, the funny thing about this is that judgmental people typically they don't judge themselves That's right. you don't realize you're judgmental until you get married to a, the most beautiful woman in the world <laughs> and she tells you nate you're really judgmental
1: <laughs>
0: sometimes it takes an accountability partner oh, to, to let you know that you're judgmental and that's okay when there's a, there's a scripture that says your pride is your necklace and the thing about a necklace if pride is your necklace everyone else can see it oh. right? and so a lot of times we can't see our own pride we can't see our own sin and we need other people to say hey look yes judgment look at you uh, and so he's saying hey like if you're if you start thinking about oh man this person over here, they're really struggling. Maybe we need to point the sword back, That's back right. to ourselves, and say, "Wait yeah. a second, how am I? Struggling? That's, right. That's right. How right. am I struggling?
1: Yeah,
0: come on, awesome." Uh, Luke, yeah, we have time. So let's jump over to Luke. Come on, Nathan. Come on, Nathan. Luke six thirty-seven, and I have it on the slide. Great stuff. I have 38 on the slide. Um, First face, but... It says, in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, it says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Uh, And so this is another... Kind of extension of you give what you get, or you get what you give. You get what you. Uh, (laughs) Amen. And so this is more of like what you give is what you get back. So if you're giving a lot of forgiveness, you're going to get a lot of forgiveness. That's right. If you're giving a lot of judgment and condemnation, you're going to get back a lot of judgment Mm -hmm. and condemnation. Mm -hmm. And so uh, here's a picture. Mm -hmm. We got the eggs, now we got brown sugar. This is how I imagine, are you pressing, when you're giving people anything, are you pressing down, packing in wow. the sugar, are you packing in the grace with mm. your speech when you talk to people, mm-hmm. or are you that's letting it run over with salt, mm-hmm. wow. letting it oh, run over good. with pickle juice or something, <laughs> something anchovy juice, because yeah. whatever you give, whatever you pour into people's lives is what you're going to get back. Amen. And so we we should only make judgments if we are also willing to be measured by that right. same judgment. Right. Amen. 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 So, Amen.
1: Great. Yeah. So one
0: scary thing at the uh, at the leaders retreat we went to this week, he said uh, <laughs> he said he the guy not Don Tolliver John David Mike Tolliver Mike Tolliver. John David, <laughs> he said, uh, in his leadership, he'll go and he'll ask people, because, you know, as a leader, you can be like, oh, yeah, just let me, like, tell me, like, tell me what you really think about me. I'm an open book. I'm an open door. Like, you can come and uh, let me know if I'm doing something wrong. But people don't want to do that. You're usually intimidated by leaders. And so he said, he'll go up to people and say, tell me, what are you thinking? Like, And he said, tell me what you're gonna tell your wife on the car ride home. Tell me that. Wow. Isn't that scary? (laughs) Do we have like, that's scary. I haven't done it. I have not put that in place. Tell me me what you're thinking to yourself as you drive home from hanging out with me. Tell me that, right? Tell me what you're mumbling to yourself about me. Uh, That might hurt your friendships or it might strengthen your friendships because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it allows them to be honest and it yeah. allows yes. that yeah. that judgment yeah. shell yeah. to uh, kind of break. So let's move yes. on. Let's go back. We're going to go back to Matthew 7. Come on, End it ended out. Matthew 7, verse 7. And so this is about seeking God. This is definitely a part of holiness. Amen. That's kind of what holiness is, is, we're seeking God so that we can be more like Him. Amen. 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 Yeah. Seven verse seven says, Ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, mm-hmm. will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Amen. So in everything due to... Oh, wait, let's not... Spoiler alert. All right. God gives us good gifts. Amen. Yeah. God is... Uh, He's full of good gifts. And He's a really good Father. Yeah. And so we, we need to be humbly coming to God with our requests. Um, whatever it is. But, if, we're, if the kingdom and its righteousness are our treasure, then we're going to be asking God for different things than the typical person would be asking for, right? right. If, if, you're, if, you're, if your treasure is to be righteous, then you're going to be asking God, God, help me with my righteousness, right? Yes. You're going to be asking God, help me with my holiness, help me with my fasting, help me with... The fact that I want to be seen by other people. Help me be humble. And he, yeah. will, get, he will give you that. He will yeah. definitely. Yes, it's kind of scary to pray for humility. Uh, but it's always worth it to pray. Yes. 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 And so a righteous person will ask. And they will receive. A righteous person will seek. And they will find. And they will knock. And the door will be open to them. Amen. But I, I want to talk about when we don't receive. Sometimes we can struggle a lot. Uh, and it's important when we don't receive immediately, or the way we want it, mm-hmm. that we stay submitted to God. Because mm-hmm. he's, it says God is like a father in here. It doesn't say God is like the customer service at Target.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: when we ask them, yeah, we expect to receive, and yeah. okay. Or a waitress or a waiter. Like, yeah, we kind of expect to receive our our an extra set of roles, please, or an extra fork. But God, He's our Father. You, You ask your father for something, and he says, No, we have to stay submitted. So let's go on. Let's finish. finish. Verse 12. Chapter 7, verse 12. It says, So in everything do to others what you would have them do to you, do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. What's pretty cool is he started this whole thing by saying, Don't don't think that I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Mm -hmm. And then he ends this whole thing by saying. In everything, do to others what you have them do to you. Mm -hmm. This is summing up the Law and the Prophets. So he doesn't kind of leave us out to dry when he says, Hey, I just fulfilled the Law and the Prophets. All right, good night, everybody. (laughs) It's Saturday night. He gives us us his whole sermon and he says, This is how you sum it up. Do to others what you have them do to you. And we can apply it to everything that we just read right here. So like fasting, prayer, giving. We can think, how would I like someone to be giving to me? Would I like them to brag about it when they had to lend me a couple hundred dollars or something? No, I wouldn't want people to be bragging about that. I wouldn't want people to be bragging about how they, I don't know, serve me soup or something. I'd want them to kind of keep it to themselves because it's embarrassing. Or would we want, if you're praying with someone, would you want them to keep babbling on and being really, really loud? Or would you like them to, you know, pray like, they trust that God hurt them the first time. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Would you like for your roommate to, when they're fasting, just bring the whole vibe of the house down, and just it's a pity party because they're fasting. Oh gosh, I can't, I can't even smell good because it's going to make them struggle. <laughs> we want, we want the people around us to fast a certain way, and pray a certain way, and give a certain way, and so that's why we need to be doing that. Amen. And just to sum it up, you know, like, would you like people to be just acting holy around you, or would you rather people be holy around you? You Would you rather people? Would you rather your boss? Would you? Would you want a boss whose treasure is finances, or or their treasure is money or success, or would you rather your boss, their treasure be the kingdom of God? Uh, Like it's going to be night and day. Amen. And so this is the law of. All conduct is due to others as you have them doing to you. Amen. So, in conclusion, I, I wanted to share a story of how I just fell short in this uh, in this holiness, uh, cracking at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was it was a few years ago, maybe it was just last year. Um. <laughs> it was last year. <laughs> at the gas station and I was texting my friend and I was literally texting him about man we should do a podcast and teach all the parables of Jesus and it would be super cool and we can you know publish it on on Facebook and we could put it on YouTube and we could put it on this and put it on that let's do this podcast and let's teach and let's, do, 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 do. let's look really holy <laughs> and as I was texting this I look up and there's a homeless guy sitting at the gas station right in front of me and he's just sitting there he's not you know he, he didn't Look too threatening. He was sitting down, you know, he was chilling. And in my brain, I started rationalizing because I was like, I knew what I needed to do. I knew I should go help this guy. But I started rationalizing. I said, Ah, it's COVID. I can't go talk to a stranger. I'm going to, I can't. It's COVID. I can't. I, I got to keep my distance. And then I started thinking, you know, and it's, this is general safety. I shouldn't be talking to people. He's a stranger. He could hurt me. He could rob me. He could. We don't know what he could be hiding. And I kept rationalizing it. And then I and then I started thinking, oh no, I'm acting like the Pharisees in in the Good Samaritan, where where they were saying, Oh, I can't help this this hurt person because I, I have to get to church. But I'm different from them because I don't have to get to church. This is about my safety. Like I can't I can't talk to this guy because he's gonna hurt me. He's gonna cough on me, right? And so I rationalized it and I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, fine. Now that I'm okay. I feel good about myself enough, I'm going to drive away, and I'm going to be fine, and it's okay that I didn't help this homeless guy. And then I see this teenage kid get out of his car, teenage kid, and he walks up to the homeless guy, and he invites him inside, and I was like, oh no, he beat me to it. And uh, my nosy self, I followed them in. <laughs> and so I, I kind of, I was like, okay, let me see if he's no, nah, because there's no way this kid is gonna actually like help this guy. And so I, I walked in, and I was, you know, have you ever done this, or are you a normal person? Where you kind of, you know, you're on the other, you're on the aisle pretending to look at the the candy or the soda, and you're really just listening to see like what's what's going on over. And the kid, he said, yeah, man, just get whatever you want, like, I'll pay for it, get whatever you need. Wow, and in my br- brain, I was like, man, this high school kid, maybe he's just one of those, like, really spiritual, like, church kids, and he probably just came from youth camp, and he's really fired up. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the kid, he says, he says uh, he's talking to the guy, he's like, what, what do you, like, what's your favorite candy? And the, the homeless guy, he said, oh, I like Reese's. And the kid goes, Bleep, yeah man, I bleepin' love bleeping Reese's, man. Reese's are the bleep. bleep. <laughs> then I was just, I was done. Everything that I was rationalizing in my head was, it was nothing, it was nothing. The, all my theology, all my, all my doctrine, all my, oh, you are technically a Pharisee. No, I was a Pharisee in that moment. And if Jesus were to tell that same story, he would ask the crowd, he'd say, which one of these was his neighbor? <laughs> Was it the kid who was cussing and smoking weed and playing loud rap music at the, uh, at the gas station who loved his neighbor? Or was it the guy who knew all the parables in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and had a podcast and could tell you what a Levite was and a Reubenite? Who, who was more righteous? Who was more holy that day? Who was his neighbor? So if we want to turn the world upside down. Does that work? There we go. If we want to turn the world upside down, we have to really follow these things and really put them to heart, and really be willing to look at ourselves, judge ourselves the way we're judging people. We got to put our treasure in the right place, um, and make sure we're doing things unseen. Make sure we're doing things to be holy, not to look holy. Amen. Right. So that's it. Thank you. Can we just say yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I got it. Got it. you on at two in the morning. My like, man, don't want to go to church. I'm glad I came. <laughs> I'm glad I came, man. Thank you, man. Nathan, so much. I can't even unload. Oh that. that's gonna take me some time.